invite everybody, if you can, to stand as we read God's scripture. Today we're reading from Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. You can follow along on the screens. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we wear? What shall we drink? What shall we eat? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and the rest of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is God's word. You may take your seats. Uh, As Humphrey said, my name is Kate. I'm on staff here at Flood. I am a wife and a mother, among other things. Um, We do have a one-year-old, and thankfully her uncle has come to church today, and this is why you should never be directly related to the pastor, because you even have to work at church. (laughs) Uh, But I want to share with you some of the things I worry about. Uh, We have had the privilege of building a small house just outside of Lilongwe, and I worry that our house will fall down like it's just built from cards, which it's not. I worry that our house will get broken into, but I also worry that our house might catch on fire. I worry that I'll lose the people I love and the people that I rely on. I worry that no one will show up to events or I still worry every Sunday, to be honest, that it will just be Humphreys and I here. I worry that I'll reach a time of need in my life and nobody will show up. I worry that I'll say the wrong things and I will either offend someone or lead people away from Jesus. I worry that I will waste the time that I have, that I'll get to the end of this day or this week or this month and I'll say, what did I do? I worry that I'll get sick, or now the past year has taught me to worry that I will pass sickness on to somebody else. I worry that my marriage will fall apart, and I worry that I will fail to protect, love, and care for my children as I wish. And maybe as I read this list, uh, you're thinking, yeah, I share that worry, or maybe your worries are completely different from mine, but I think a reality is that we all have things we worry about. But I also wanted to share with you some of my experiences of worry. I've had those kind of temporary or momentary experiences of worry that pass quickly. One of those for me is when I'm putting fuel in the car, I often do this. I'll say to the fuel attendant, yep, 
put 10 grand in. Then as he's finishing putting 10,000 in, I go, ooh, do I have 10,000 kwacha? Because the fuel's now in my car. <laughs> and that's a moment of worry. Thankfully, generally, I look in my wallet and there's 10,000, or I talk very nicely to that fuel attendant about coming back soon. I've felt that momentary worry. I've also had that type of worry that's oriented to one thought. When that one thought crosses my mind and my body freezes and my gut wrenches just at that one thought, and I can just be going about my day, then this thought of worry will just hit me. I've also felt the type of worry that's just a heaviness that I almost can't put my finger on. But I move throughout the day feeling that heavy feeling and finally going, I think this is something I'm just feeling worried or anxious about. And I have also had the experience of just crippling anxiety, the type of anxiety that kept me up until 4 a.m. in bed, unable to sleep than the type of anxiety that had me wired but so exhausted the next day. The anxiety that stopped me from eating, that stopped me from thinking straight. I've experienced all these types of worries. And I share that with you to encourage you that I do not believe that Jesus ever dismisses any of our experiences of mental health at all. Jesus does not dismiss if we have those experiences of anxiety or if we have experiences of lowness and depression or mood swings. Jesus is not trying to tell us to pick ourselves up and brush ourselves off or ignore it and move on or just be strong because Jesus placed us in communities and he placed us in families and he placed us with support around us. So I wanna encourage you first today, if you have any of those experiences that you're really struggling with at the moment, please talk to someone, get support because Jesus is in it, hey? Jesus cares deeply for how we're doing. But, Jesus says three times in this verse, do not worry. So maybe you're saying to me, well, what is he saying then? When he said three times, do not worry. And that's what I want to talk about today. I do believe that even though Jesus never dismisses our experiences, he has so much to speak into them. And I think what he was speaking into in this passage is into our thought lives, into what we pay attention to. Uh, so as I said, we have a one-year-old. We don't actually get that much sleep in this stage of life, but let's say you guys hopefully get more sleep than us and you sleep maybe 15 hours a day, let's say. Uh, sorry, you don't sleep. You're awake for 15 hours of the day. For every minute of those 15 hours, you're thinking. But actually our thought lives are one of the areas we have huge influence over. You choose what you think about. You choose what thoughts you let in and you choose what thoughts to let go of. You choose what thoughts to dwell on for hours and what thoughts you will have forgotten three minutes later. We all choose so much of our thought lives. And I think what Jesus is challenging us here to do is to think about what we're paying attention to in our thought lives so that we can be tuning in to the right thing. So I've uh, worked with children for a number of years and one of the many, I just love learning how children develop. It's amazing to me. And one of the most amazing things is about how our brains 
develop. So when we were all small children, we uh, grew the ability to filter out sound. That's how you're able to sit here and tune into something and focus on something. Superhero movies always make it seem amazing that, uh, to have hyper senses, hey? To be able to hear or see everything. Uh, but I am expecting at the moment, and as in pregnancy, one thing I've experienced is being able to smell everything. And let me tell you, it's not amazing. It's really not amazing. And I think it's the same with hearing. If we can constantly hear every noise without being able to tune it out, it's impossible to focus. It's impossible to learn. Uh, and I want to actually give us a moment to have an example of doing this. So I'm going to keep talking. And if you're at home, you can do this as well. Uh, but I want you to tune out my voice and just notice what other sounds are going on in here. So in here, our fans are ticking. Our generator is running. There's usually something, the sound team do an amazing job, but there's usually something buzzing somewhere. Uh, there's probably some kids, probably my own child, making noise somewhere. You might even be able to hear somebody who, even though we're socially distanced, might be a loud breather. There's a road nearby and there's cars passing. And maybe in your house it's the fridge that's running or the chickens outside or something else. But take a moment and notice all those sounds. And when you notice all those sounds, you suddenly realise there is actually this whole amount of noise going on that you weren't aware of a second ago, hey? You'd completely tuned that out because you were focusing on me, which is great for me. <laughs> uh, and I had this amazing experience of this just this week. So uh, I walk most days with our one-year-old. And up until recently, I could put her in a pram and we could walk at what I would call an adult pace. But now she is walking and we're no longer allowed to walk at an adult pace. We have to walk at a toddler pace. So walking, our walks have become very slow. And I was deep in thought as we slowly moved along on our walk this week so deep in my own thoughts. And she started saying, caw, 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 which is the sound she makes when she sees a bird. And I was just like, Tembi, there's no birds here. I don't see any birds. Then the moment I said that, I realized that around us was an absolute chorus of birds. I just hadn't noticed. I'd tuned them out because I was listening to my own thoughts. And I was so thankful for this moment that she'd drawn my attention to it because the chorus of birds was beautiful. They were making all different tunes and all different songs and they were all around us and I had no idea about it. And I think that's what Jesus was pointing us to in this passage. He was telling us that sometimes we're so fixated on our worries, on the thoughts that we're clinging to, that we miss the chorus of work he is doing around us because we've tuned it out. So what I want to do is go through this passage and just point out five different things we generally worry about that Jesus highlights here and what he tells us we should tune into or focus on more instead of that thought. Okay? The first one is that we worry about our daily needs. I know this is a reality for all of us. I've already planned what we're eating for the rest of this day. I've put a lot of thought into that. We have to think about what, where we'll be getting water from, how we'll be getting clean, where we'll sleep, how we'll move around, what we'll wear, all of those things. And it does not say here that Jesus doesn't care. It actually says Jesus knows 
We need those things. He does care, but it tells us not to pay so much attention to those things because if we're so focused on those things, we miss the thing that Jesus has given us, which is life, that we sit here and we breathe and that's miraculous. And we think, and that's incredible. And we have life, life that God formed, and that's an incredible gift. And when we start focusing more on that gift, we see this stunning and incredible blessings God gives us every minute of every day. The second thing we worry about a lot is the future. What if I don't have enough? What if I lose my job? What if the person paying for my school fees stops being able to? What about if I'm not able to pay my bills? We worry about what will happen in the future. But Jesus says not to worry and not to to pay attention so much to those thoughts because he sustains what he creates and he finishes what he starts. And I have definitely found, oh, his encouragement is that we should look to nature and how we see this in nature. God sustains the birds. They don't need to go to work, but God sustains them. God brings rain to sustain our land. He moves the seasons. Another way I've absolutely seen this is that God forms human life and he protects it and he brings it into the world while it's still helpless. And it's God who does that. And when we start paying attention to God as the sustainer and as the finisher, we see that we don't need to worry about the future because we have a God whom we can trust it to. Thirdly, one thing we worry, another thing we worry about is all of the things we can't do, the people we can't meet, the places we can't go, the work we can't get done. And Jesus points out here, like, who can add even a minute to the day by worrying? The reality of our lives is that we'll have 24 hours in our day. We'll have seven days in our week, and we can't change that. We will live the lifespan that God has decided for us. But we don't need to worry about the things we can't do because God has designed it that way. He has designed us to be limited because when we reach our limits, we meet a limitless God. When we find the things we can't do, we meet a God who can do. God himself is without limit. He can do anything. Uh, One space I have seen that is, uh, for any parents who are here, you would know our kids' church are in a seven-week series on creation. So we're looking in depth at creation. And it's just been really wonderful for me because kids have a way of awe and wonder that we lose as adults, hey? And as we've been learning that God spoke and animals, every animal, came into being. It's been so wonderful to see their awe and wonder as we've dwelled on the creation story. And that's been a great reminder of this for me. I might have great dreams that I'll never achieve, but I have a limitless God who speaks 
things into creation. And Jesus knew this too, hey? When he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, God, take this cup away from me. But then he said, all things are possible for you and I trust you. He knew, hey, that his God, that God who he also is and was, is not limited so he can be trusted to be pursued. And he didn't need to worry for what he couldn't do. The fourth area that we worry about is getting the best things we can. I think it's true about all of us that we don't hope to remain in this place in life forever, hey? We hope that we could get a better job, not a worse job, in the future. We hope that we could have a better standard of living in the future. We hope to have better clothes, to eat better food, to have a better looking bank account, to have a better car. We hope to be able to move up in life. We all have a desire for that. But Jesus says not to worry about getting better things, not to worry about moving to the next rung in life because we have something better than that to live for. And that's the promises of God. Because the reality is, we don't know if we'll get a better job, if we'll have a better salary, if we'll have a better standard of living, or if God will bring us to a place where it's harder. But also, if we do find ourselves in the better job, with the better car, in the better house, and that was our only aim, we'll find ourselves still hungry and still unsatisfied. But God says that, but Jesus says here, God has promises for us that will fill us, that are satisfying beyond what we can imagine. And he sums those up with the words, his kingdom. And he says to seek his kingdom and then we will find all of it. Because I believe that the best of everything, the true best of everything will be found in his kingdom. And there'll be none of the worst of anything. So God says here, if you are worrying about getting the best things, switch your worries to think about his kingdom. And the way I encourage you to do that is to actually go to his scriptures and see that when Jesus talks about his kingdom, he's almost always using analogy or parable or picture. And I don't know, I love like images that I can dwell on. And he gives us all these images. His kingdom is a small seed growing into a tree. Wow. Wow. His kingdom is a treasure discovered in a field. Wow. His kingdom is a lost coin or a lost son or a lost sheep. And the experience of his kingdom is the celebration when something loved and lost is found. Wow. So I encourage you, if you're somebody who worries a lot about getting better things, instead go to those scriptures and dwell on what God says about his kingdom and he will bring those pictures into a living experience of what he is doing in this world for you. The fifth area that we worry about uh, is, well, the fifth cause of our worry, I would say, is actually our misplaced sense of control. And I want to uh, be clear, this is something I've wrestled with myself for a long time, God has given us influence. We started this series learning that Jesus has a say in our stewardship 
And what we were starting to learn there is that Jesus has told us that we have influence over things. We have influence over our health. We see that very much at the moment, hey? We choose where to go and how to act and that can influence our health. We have influence over our time. That classic saying, if you don't have time, you make time. We have influence over our finances. You decide where you spend your money and how you work to get your money and where you save your money. We have influence over all of those things and that's where we have to be stewards and we have to do those, use that influence to honour God. But the reality is we don't have control. You don't control your health. None of us do. You don't control time. You will have 24 hours like the rest of us and you don't control your finances. Yet sometimes we worry about them as if we do. As if the final buck with those things rests on us. And I just love the way the message translates verse 34 of this passage when Jesus was addressing this. It just says, give your entire attention to what God is doing now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. What it's telling us is that even though we don't have control, if we look around us, the God who does have control is moving. And when we look, we will see he's moving in remarkable ways. So my challenge for you this week is to stop and hear the birds, if you will, as I did on my walk last week. But stop and hear the chorus and see the chorus of what God is doing around you. If you find yourself feeling laden or heavy burdened with worrisome thoughts or anxiety, and these are the five things you can pay attention to. You can pay attention to what God has given you. You can pay attention to what God is sustaining around you. You can pay attention to the limitlessness of God You can pay attention to what God has promised for each of us. And you can pay attention to what God is doing right now. And I feel strongly that you most likely will experience as I did, that you suddenly be seeing and hearing things that God is doing in your midst that you just weren't noticing before that you'd just tuned out or that your worries had drowned out. So I want to take us actually now through a prayer, uh, for a moment of prayer where we're going to take a moment to actually do this, to try and tune out our worries and tune into what God is doing. And then I want to let you know, as we're in our last song, we have prayer counsellors here at Flood. And if you would love somebody to pray with, But also, if when I was sharing about my experiences, you were like, actually, yeah, I'm really struggling with my own emotions, with my own mental health, please seek one of our prayer counselling team because we have people equipped here at church to meet with you, to support you. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we just take a moment to just collect any of those thoughts that are in our minds, the thoughts about uh, what are we going to do today, what's going to happen in the future, Uh, 
where, is our, where are our needs going to be met from? How are we going to use our time well? What are we going to do? We take those thoughts, Lord, and we just place them at your feet and take a moment to thank you that you are the God who spoke creation into being. And you are the God who will exist beyond all. Lord, that you, you are the God who sustains the creation, who will bring the rain and the cold, who will feed the birds of the air. That you are the God who's given us good promises, that when we seek you, we can know you, we can participate in your kingdom and we can dwell in it forever. And you are the God who is working right now in our community, in our city, in our country, and in our lives. And Lord, as we tune into these things, we ask that you would give us the experience of peace that transcends understanding as we rest on a good God. We bless you, Lord. Amen.